Welcome back to the Meddling Kids Podcast, your groovy review of Scooby-Doo. I'm Julie Kin, your host, and today we're talking about Wednesday is Missing, starring the Addams Family. Now remember, everybody, we're doing the new Scooby-Doo movies. These are these awesome, like, 42-minute run-length cartoons of Scooby-Doo, and each one has some famous media personality from the time. It starts off with a spooky mansion, and the mystery machine is slowly progressing along a foggy road. A wolf or hound howls in the distance, and suddenly the kids see some headlights coming toward them, and Scooby grabs Fred and causes the mystery machine to go off the road. The lights belong to a convertible roadster, and the car has two old folks dressed up in kind of Victorian clothes. They pull up right next to the kids in the mystery machine. They say they were in a hurry to get away from that house over there. They were just hired on as housekeepers, but what that house needs is haunted housekeepers. Is this old lady just flirting with Fred? He's intrigued for sure. The old people speed off, and Daphne indicates the house looks very familiar. Unfortunately, the mystery machine's battery is dead. Lurch comes out of nowhere. He's the tall butler to the Adams. He looks like a svelte version of Frankenstein's monster. Shaggy faints when he sees him, and Scooby digs a hole to hide himself. He tunnels over to the big kids. Lurch demands that they follow him. He always says things like this, follow me. And they're all like, sure thing, sir. The kids think he looks familiar, but they can't place him. Really, 1960s Scooby-Doo gang? Velma thinks it's just deja vu. Inside the house, we see a cheerful scene of the Adams family. Morticia is knitting a sweater for something with several arms. Wednesday, the daughter, is playing with a voodoo doll, and Gomez, the dad, is pacing up and down the walls. It feels really weird to see this in color. I loved both the Adams family and their competitor, the Munsters, as a kid. And both shows were filmed in black and white, even though color was available in the early 60s. The Adams family is upset that the housekeepers quit. Poor Wednesday pricks one of her fingers while playing with her voodoo doll. She goes to her grandma for help with her voodoo boo-boo. Meanwhile, Pugsley was buried in the sandbox while trying to dig his way to China. I love Morticia's line when she digs him out. How adorably naive. I'm going to start saying that to my kids when they do goofy stuff too. They mentioned that Lurch had gone out to round up new housekeepers. This is getting good. I hope we see Scooby in a cute maid costume. Lurch tries to get the Scooby gang to go inside the house, and the kids aren't sure if they're being abducted or if they're guests. When they do get inside, Daphne and Fred realize this is the Adams family home. The kids are introduced to everyone, including Thing, Uncle Fester, and everyone's favorite, Cousin It. Before the gang knows what's happening, Morticia and Gomez leave for romantic getaway and assume that these random teenagers will babysit their kids and keep their house okay. Now, as a kid, I was always icked out by the PDA of these two. Like, Gomez, every episode would kiss Morticia's arm and indicate that they were going to consummate their love. But now looking back, I'm impressed by how they managed to prioritize their romantic relationship even after having kids. After they leave, Fred is kind of resigned to his fate. Looks like we're the new housekeepers. I think he's into it because he wants a chance to snoop around. Shaggy is having none of it, though. He tries to leave the house, but Lurch blocks the way. 
At dinner, everyone sits around a long dining room table, and there's lots of hijinks. Shaggy is displeased with the quality of the food and bangs on the table, causing the table to float up in the air due to something to do with spirits. Then Lurch serves a live chicken. Then some sort of Venus flytrap plant takes the food off Shaggy's fork, and then it eats the fork. There's not a lot of plot yet, just a lot of, hey, this is weird. Then a huge bird sound and we see the shadow of a giant bird of prey over the dinner table and the candles all blow out at once. Is this a mystery or just more hijinks? Thing relights the candle. Oh, by the way, if you don't know what I'm talking about, Thing is a hand that comes out of a box. Thing relights the candle from inside Fester's soup bowl and Wednesday is gone. Just to refresh your memory, Wednesday is the little girl. A note left by her chair says, Adam's family, clear out now or else. Signed, the Vulture. Yes, finally, a plot. The gang splits up to do a search. Velma is assigned to go with Scooby and Shaggy this time. Fred and Daphne check out the library. There's lots of funny paintings of animals with huge fangs, etc. And an organ playing by itself. Meanwhile, the others are in the attic and their candles, again, all go out simultaneously. A suit of armor chases them around for a while, so I guess now there's a vulture and a suit of armor villain. And then the suit of armor hangs over their heads and falls to the floor, but when they look at it closer, it's empty. Some ways away in the swamp, Morticia and Gomez let out the contented sighs of two people who have just um, eaten the best meal of their lives. They're snuggling and fishing while vipers, crocodiles, and other creepy things look on. Gomez gets caught by an octopus, and he's disappointed when he gets away. Back at the house, Daphne and Fred are being chased by a flying carpet. Fred uses the old password, Open Sesame, to get away through a moving wall. In this hallway, they find a whole lot of doors. Now, that's normal for a hallway, right? But the way Fred says it is, oh, look, a hall of doors. I kind of like that. In one marked closet, they find skeletons playing music on each other's bones. In Wednesday's Hall of Pets, they find a fire-breathing dragon. In Pugsley's experimental laboratory, they see some awesome chemistry stuff. My daughter would love this. And some live animal specimens who are apparently (laughs) victims of Pugsley's animal experimentation. When they try to leave the lab, they set off an alarm and fall through a trapdoor back into the library. Daphne wonders what will happen next, and we'll find out after this commercial break. Hey, this is Chris from the Hashtag No Offense Show. What we are is a weekly podcast of three friends sharing a few drinks and a few laughs while poking fun at the world. Topics ranging from music and movies to kids and marriage to current events and social commentary, all while giving a unique perspective. Check out this clip from a recent episode. You know, we never talked about that. That idiot from the Boston Bruins likes to lick faces. We never talked about that. He did it again tonight. Yeah. The rat. I don't understand. I was saying what I would do to try to combat it. Oh, yeah. I would try to lick him back and see if that would stop him. So, well, no, that's not what you said. So he would try to lick lick his lick his lick his tongue. Yeah, like try to open mouth kiss him. (laughs) Yeah, you want to French kiss the rat. You know what, though? I guarantee he would stop if you tried to French him. I told you maybe he wouldn't. Maybe he would be like that driver from Talladega Nights, and y'all would just be making out on the ice, and then it would be awkward (laughs) for all the people watching at home. (laughs) And then I would, yeah, then I would be kind of, (laughs) you know, that (laughs) literally. literally. (laughs) So if you like what you heard, 
Crack a beer with us and embrace the nonsense. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and look for us on social media at HTNOS everywhere. After the commercial, the gang has reunited. No one seems especially concerned about a missing child. Fred says this search is a dead end. Um, I don't know, Fred, maybe call the police? Daphne tries to reclaim her reputation as village idiot by saying, why don't we place an ad in the newspaper? Velma gives a real sarcastic response, but for once I can't blame her. That was really dumb, Daphne. Shaggy wants to leave, but Fred says, we can't leave, we're the housekeepers. Fred, really? All of a sudden, Fred notices a door. Look, gang, a door! He is thrilled. Velma says, I wonder where it leads. She delivers this line really dryly, like, wow, Fred, nice story you got there. Yeah, wonder where it goes. It's locked, but at the mention of skeleton key, Scooby gets so freaked out he breaks through. Inside the door, the kids find Gomez's bedroom. Like true Victorians, Gomez and Morticia sleep separately. There are torture devices laying around, and Shaggy wants to lay in the bed. Scooby moves it out of the way from Shaggy when he sees it's a bed of nails. Shaggy tries to give Scooby a Scooby snack to thank him, but a moose head on the wall behind him eats it instead. This ep is just gag after gag after gag. Back in the living room, Shaggy tries to relax in a chair and sits on Wednesday's voodoo doll. They ask Scoobs to sniff the doll and find the trail. Some part of the doll sticks to his snout and it looks like a cute red mustache. He sneezes really big so that he somehow destroys the voodoo doll, like springs are popping out and everything. And also, a letter pops out of the doll, again implicating the vulture in the kidnapping. Hmm, the doll and the letter seem like something a forensics team might want to investigate, so maybe call the police? Or I guess you could just ask a Great Dane to smell it. He does, and seems to be following a trail. They all follow him right to the kitchen where he sticks his head in a cauldron of soup. It turns out this is actually a bath for an iguana. When Scooby finds this out, he runs around and falls down one of those open shafts people have in their houses. An ancient elevator lifts up, thus saving Scooby. They decide to ride in the elevator and see where it goes. The gang rises up to the widow's peak of the house, and they find a secret room that is padlocked. But Velma manages to break in, thus ensuring Fred's everlasting regard. Velma, you're an absolute genius. Inside, they find Wednesday playing with a spider as a yo-yo. She's pretty calm, and she explains that when the lights went out, the chair she was in somehow levitated and brought her here. Oh yeah, and she saw a huge vulture. She gives a very calm retelling of these events. I was a total scaredy-cat kid myself, and I always admired how unflappable Wednesday was. The kids go out on the ledge around the widow's peak and do in fact see a giant vulture in the sky. So was this in the dining room with them earlier? How tall are those ceilings? The vulture swoops down at them and it's gigantic. An egg falls right at their feet and bombs them. When it cracks open, there's another note again. This one warning the family to clear out. This is your final warning. Shaggy and Scooby again try to leave the house, but this time an alligator stops their path. But it wasn't just an alligator, it was Morticia's genuine alligator purse. You know, she has an alligator hanging off her arm that she stuffs stuff into. Because the mom and dad are home, hooray! Morticia plays ping pong with Thing, while the kids explain that the vulture wants them to leave. The Adams don't seem too upset, but the Scooby gang wants to solve the mystery anyway. They search the house all over, again. 
I hope they're getting paid well for this weekend job. Scooby and Shaggy take a nap on the flying carpet and end up flying out a second-story window. Scooby wakes up from a sneeze. He really needs to see someone about his allergies. And they end up hanging by a thread as the rug gets caught on a turret. They look up and see the vulture again. Stars seem to be shooting from its underside, and I hope this isn't a TV euphemism for pee-pee. The vulture draws the flying carpet upward, along with Shaggy and Scooby. It ends up making them fly all over the place, and the scene changes back to Velma, Daphne, and Fred. They're standing outside a door marked, Danger, Keep Out. Inside, they find candles that make weird sparks. They realize they're in Uncle Fester's laboratory, oh, excuse me, laboratory, and they slowly remind each other that he makes fireworks. Oh boy, ten minutes later, Fred finally realizes he's holding a Roman candle. There's lots of, well, that means, but then this must, but then, hey, wait a second. It's dumb and takes forever. The sparks falling off his Roman candle are setting the other Roman candles on fire. And there's so much filler in this episode. I'm wondering if the writers were like, okay, 20 minutes runtime wasn't enough, but 40 minutes is just ridiculous. Now fireworks are coming out of all the house's windows, doors, and, you know, orifices. Some of them hit the vulture. Shaggy and Scooby's carpet ride ends in the pool with a giant octopus to cushion their landing. The vulture flies out of control and crash lands. Surprise! Inside was a helicopter flown by the Victorian-looking housekeeping staff we met in the first few minutes. Turns out they only pretended to be housekeepers. They had snuck in to attach highly magnetized metal cubes to items in the house to make them move around and scare the Adams away. They wanted to get rid of the Adams family because the Adams had had a bad effect on neighborhood kids. The dude offers to go with Velma to the police, which seems reasonable given that he and his partner kidnapped a child. However, Velma has a better idea. She gets the atoms to use their weird stuff to make a playground. The giant octopus becomes a merry-go-round, and the dinosaur skeleton becomes a climby jungle gym. Yes, a weird playground is way better than locking up perpetrators. Good call, Velma. I'm being sarcastic. Everyone says a tearful goodbye, and Thing gives Scooby a nice pat on the head. But Scooby flees when Cleopatra, the Venus flytrap, tries to get in on the action. Lurch then helps the mystery machine get unstuck, and the kids continue on their way. Unfortunately, they get lost, and it's too dark to see the map, so Shaggy lights one of Uncle Fester's candles to help him see better. Oy vey. As fireworks explode from the mystery machine, we fade to credits. And that's the end of the Adams Family episode of the new Scooby-Doo movies. Next up is The Frickert Fracas with Jonathan Winters, who apparently was a famous musician. We'll learn all about him next time. Thanks so much to Dave Seste for the use of our theme music, Night Surfing. Thank you so much to Tiff and all the great friends on the Meddling Kids podcast and Scooby-Doo discussion group on Facebook. And just remember, next time you're lighting fireworks inside a moving vehicle, you would have gotten away with it if it weren't for us meddling kids.